The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Today's going to be fun. I just found a volunteer during uh, communion. So exciting to find him at the last second. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we're doing this uh, full armor of God, but let's pray. We're going to jump into the word, and we're going to deal with we're doing spiritual warfare. I've had a few people ask me if we could stop um, and just move on to uh, something else, uh, like, you know, blessing and things like that, uh, which God blesses us. I've actually had multiple people ask me that, because like, hey, we're getting attacked now, because you're talking about attack. Um, but you know what? You're actually, I've always been getting attacked. Uh, it's just awareness of where it's coming from. Like, okay, wow, this is actually not just happening to me, but there's actually an agenda against humanity by the devil. So uh, when we're aware, we can actually do something. So let's pray. And then we're going to jump in and get into this next piece. So Father, thank you for your word that not only makes us aware, but it helps us to prepare Lord, for the battle and to win the battle. Help us to understand this piece of armor today and help us to uh, engage it and use it. Lord, thank you for giving it to us and equipping us, not just sending us out uh, without what we need for victory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, I'm gonna read back through Ephesians 6 real fast. Ephesians 6 is what gives us the foundation really for this whole topic, and so I'm gonna reread it, and then we're gonna get into the helmet of salvation today. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, not our might, but his might. Okay, it's not about self-will, it's not about self-dependence, you know, dependence, but it's really about trusting God in his strength. Put on the whole armor of God, so all the pieces, you want to put everything on, don't just leave a piece off. That's important if you're going into battle. You know, well, I don't feel like wearing this one today. Well, that's probably where you're going to get shot, so just put it all on, right? Take care of yourself. Uh, if you have your teeth, you typically brush all your teeth. You don't brush some and skip one. I don't feel like brushing that one today. Why? That's the one that you're going to end up losing, right? So if you do that, just make sure it's the back one. Don't forget to brush the front one. It's important to do everything as a whole, right? We want to do it all. And so it's the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He's actually strategizing and scheming to take you out. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So there's actually a spiritual agenda against humanity, not just believers and Christians, but against all of humanity because we're made in God's image. And the devil from the beginning has been out to destroy anything of God's image. Okay, so there is actually a battle going on. When you see somebody that's maybe not a believer, it's not just to judge them and go, oh, look at you. you know, well, the reality is they're in a battle too and they're not aware. There's an agenda against them too and they're not aware. And so you can go in and be a rescuer. We're on mission, a mission of reconciliation, the Bible says, to restore people to God. And so Ephesians 6, 13 to 17, therefore put on that full armor so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And when you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt buckled around your waist. We talked about that last week with the breastplate of righteousness that's coming up soon. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's coming up. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. And now here's what today is about. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8. I want to get into that verse, and then we're going to start breaking some of this down. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8 says, So then let us not be like others who are asleep, 
but let us be awake and sober. So there's a battle going on, and he's saying, you know what, don't be like other people. There's a spiritual battle happening. Don't be like other people who are asleep. They don't understand what's happening. They're not aware of what's going on. They're just, they're asleep. They're taking a nap. They're dozing off. They're hiding. What do we often do when we're stressed or we're full of anxiety? Go to sleep, right? So sometimes the stresses of life or the stresses of being in a battle, the stresses of having to face difficult circumstances in life in whatever form they're coming at us causes us to want to go to sleep either physically or at the very least spiritually. Like, I'm just going to check out. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I don't want to worship. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to get in community. I don't want to serve somebody. I just, you know what? I just want to check out because it's just a little much. So I'm going to spiritually, mentally go to sleep. I'm checking out. That's what it's talking about. For those who are asleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Now, some people also get drunk in the day. I used to just get drunk in the day. That was my, hey, it's daytime. It's morning. It's time to get drunk. Okay, so you can get drunk all the time if you're a drunk. But even not the true addict drunks, when they usually typically choose to get drunk is at night. So that's the most common time. Let's go get drunk at night, right? Why? Because the regular stuff's not going on. I can just check out now. I'm not going to lose my job. This other things aren't going to happen. I'm just going to check out. So there's this way of like checking out of responsibility. It says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Okay, so think about this from a spiritual aspect. What is alcohol? Alcohol is a poison, like scientifically, what it does to your body, biologically, as it goes in, it's a poison. It poisons your mind. It's just a controlled dose of poison. So it poisons your mind. And that poison causes you then to have delusions, right? Delusions of grandeur, right? <laughs> how awesome you are, how easy life is, or whatever the case might be. You start to have delusions, and you feel good during the delusion. And the reason that you have a hangover and feel horrible afterwards is because your body is not recovering from the joy of the delusion. Your body is recovering from the poison because that's what it is. It's a poison. It's, it's actually killing you and you're going through this process, okay? Okay, so he's talking spiritually to be sober. Why? Because we are actually able to actually get drunk mentally, emotionally, spiritually on other things besides alcohol, other things that are poison to us that take us into a place of delusion, like what? Well, you can have an overconsumption of pleasure, right? I just do too many things that, that please myself. I do too much of this. You know, it could be too much food. It could be too much uh, TV. It could be too much on your app. It could be too much of whatever it might be. And you get into a delusional space where it's just like, I don't have any other problems. Family's coming to you and they're saying, hey, we got to pay bills or we got to do this. I don't have any other problems. Why? Because I'm in my delusion right now. And then all of a sudden, when you have to come out of your delusion because there's something real going on, your spouse is leaving, your kid's a total wreck, and, and they're wanting out, like, or so, whatever's going on, you realize, okay, now I'm in trouble. And now you're suffering the pain of waking out of your delusion, okay? But the delusion was brought on by doing things that are sinful, that are wrong, that you're like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's making me feel good for the moment. And it takes that. So that's what he's saying. Don't do that. Don't get drunk on all of these other things that are just going to make you feel good and ignore reality. But stay sober-minded. You can still enjoy, but stay sober-minded. Understand the life you're in. Understand what's going on. And so he goes on, put on faith and love as a breastplate. And then here it is again, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Okay, so I brought a helmet. And it's this one right here. This is a, a Roman helmet. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? It's so fabulous. I'm going to take Carrie on a date wearing this. 
Um, she's going to wear it, not me. It's going to be awesome. Fantastic. She doesn't know yet, but it's going to be so cool. Uh, this is a Roman helmet. So what's the purpose of a helmet? So a helmet actually has a couple of purposes. Protection is one. That's the first one we think of. But the actual other purpose of a helmet is identification. It does both. Think of it in sports, right? You look out at the football field, and what does a helmet do? It protects, but it also identifies, right? That person's on this team. Okay, that person's on that team. And then it also protects them. So it's meant to do both. And like an old Roman helmet had both purposes. Okay, is it protected you? That's what all this is for, right? So if I put it on, I'm going to put it on, and it's got these little sideburns, right, are to protect your sideburns. When you have nice hair and you grow it, you don't want it to get cut off by an enemy sword. So you have nice sideburn covered. Well, this is actually to stop you from getting hit in the face, right, from something. But that, what is this? This is actually not just to be pretty. This is actually identification in those old helmets. If you had the red on, if you had this marking on, okay, it meant something. It was a, a marking of status. It was a marking of a certain position. And people could see it from far away, and they'd know, one, that you're in their army, not the enemies. And then, two, they'd know kind of what your rank is and what your authority level is. Okay, so it served as both purposes. Okay, and this is where I get to bring my volunteer up. So, Courtney, would you come on up? Let's give her a hand. And so, um, she doesn't even know what she's doing, but she was so graceful to volunteer. Um, but it does involve a sword. And so, my question for you is, which one of these would you like to wear? Preferably. Why? <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so you don't wear the helmet. Okay, this, by the way, is a relax hat. So we went to the beach yesterday, and Kira went in her bedroom, put on a swimsuit at 8 in the morning, walks out with this hat on, and she goes, I got my swimsuit to swim. I go, great. And she's like, and I got my hat so I can relax. <laughs> so this is a relax hat, which is really nice to wear. This is the blessing, the prosperity, the wonderfulness of Christianity and of God loving us. We all love to wear the relax hat right? Oh, I'm in the faith. God's with me. I can relax. I can have peace. We love that. This is the protection hat. So, Courtney, you can put that on because it's so cool. Okay, wow. Yes, that's how it's supposed to look. The big lion on the, that's amazing. Somebody take a picture of that so she can never, never deny that she's part of this. It's hers now. <laughs> Gut's good because now this comes into the, this whole thing. Okay, I need you just to kneel down on the ground. Okay, so now that you're protected, right? <laughs> I just need you to close your eyes. Okay. So is it okay if I whack you on the head just a little with this? A little. Okay. Okay. Can I whack you hard with this? Why? You have a helmet. I don't know if I trust it. You don't know if you trust it. Why? These were used in Roman battle. It was very similar. <laughs> it was really similar. Same looks? No. Once? Hard? Oh, fine. What about with the relax hat? Why not the relax hat? It's not made for it. It's not made for it. Okay, so I don't get to whack you with the sword, so this hasn't worked out the way I planned. That's fine. Um, okay, I'll take the hat back, and thank you for almost letting me whack you with the sword. That was awesome, and that is what I needed. If 
question. Let's give her a hand. Question. Uh, I have to add that to my bucket list later, whacking someone in the head with the sword during church, but I can't. So if I put on this helmet, which is really cheesy, she won't let me whack her with it. Why? She said, because that particular model, <laughs> that was a great line, was not used in actual battle. The design was, but not the model. Why? Because this is fake, right? Is it okay to say that? It's just fake. It looks real, but it's fake. Okay, so let's talk about the helmet of salvation. Okay, there's a problem when we're in the faith with our helmet. One is we want to put on the relaxed hat, so we're getting attacked by the enemy, and it isn't helping. Okay, because I don't understand persecution. I don't understand what's going on. I just want to relax. I'm just having a good time. Okay, and so we don't actually prepare ourselves. The second is that we say, well, okay, but I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation. But it's fake. We're really just being religious. It's not real. Like, we don't actually serve the Lord. We're not obedient. We don't really love him. We don't really have a care for him. We're not really in the word. We don't really pray. We're not really into spending time with God. We don't live our life accordingly. That, that's, it's, it's fake. We just show up on Sunday, and we do the thing, and we check the box, and we say, you know what? Oh, I have salvation. I wear the hat. And we don't understand, why is the rest of my life still feeling like it's constantly getting defeated and constantly a mess? Right? We have a, a Dave Ramsey class going on right now. Going to a Dave Ramsey class does not make your finances get in order. What makes them get in order? Going to the Dave Ramsey class and then applying the Dave Ramsey stuff, right? So that if you said, you know, I'm going really, to really put on Dave Ramsey. I'm going to really put this on, right? You would actually go to the class and then you would put on the principles. Okay, so to put on the helmet is not only to know and to show up, but is then to go, okay, I'm going to actually take it. I'm actually going to put it on. Now it's going to become real. Now it becomes protective. Now it becomes identifying once I do that. Okay, so that's important. Because we have to be able to do both. And so when you put the hat on, you don't want the relaxed hat. You do want a battle hat, but you want it to be real. Do you really know Jesus? Have you really given your life to Jesus? Have you really accepted his salvation, his death and resurrection on the cross? Like, is that real to you? Have you really turned your life over to him? And said, you know, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live your way. Because that's the difference maker on whether or not you actually even can put on a helmet of salvation. You can look like you can put one on without that, but to really put it on, you have to really make that decision in your heart, and you have to have this relationship with God because it is salvation, and salvation is what Jesus offers through his work of the cross. And so we have to first identify with that and actually really embrace it and put it on in our life. And so as we do that, that gives us that. Why is the brain so important and the head so important to protect? I got a really informative slide about this, and it's really complicated, but I've tried to just make it simple. Okay. Somebody want to tell me what this says? No brain, no head, you're dead. Right? It's kind of an important piece of your body. Right? I mean, you could get like my arm whacked off. You can get your foot chopped off. If you don't have a head, you're dead. That's it. It's over. And so actually protecting your head and really paying attention to this piece of armor and saying, you know, this matters. This is important. I'm going to apply this. Very important because spiritually speaking... And then oftentimes, even literally speaking, because our decisions when we're walking outside the Lord sometimes do just lead us actually into really tough situations where people lose their life. But it's to actually say, okay, this is important. Like, I need to protect my head. Like, this isn't a piece I can mess around with. I've got to actually do this. And that's why it's so important to have that piece, to put it on and to care for it. The other piece is identification. If we take our helmet and we put it on, that's a, an identification. Well, why does identification matter? It matters because when we put it on, we can forget it's on, but it matters. One is friendly fire. 
If you, here's an example. Say you're at work and you're like, man, I've been in my job for like two years and like there's nobody that supports my faith. There's nobody that, you know, encourages me. It's just so hard to do. It's so, well, does anybody know that you follow Jesus? Anybody know about your faith? No, no, I could never say. Okay, so, oh no, I I could never actually put it on. Well, if you actually put it on, it's possible that there's somebody else that's in the same place that would look over and go, oh, look, that's another one. Maybe I could pray for them. Maybe I could encourage them. Maybe I could build them up. Maybe we could connect and actually be able to build up and to lift up. But they don't know because I haven't put it on. Right, So a public identifying of who you are and in your faith, I'm not talking about going and picketing at the place saying, I'm a Christian, but being open and available to pray with people, to be confident in your faith, to know who you are, to put on salvation. Hey, I follow Jesus. Jesus saved me. And to be able to do that allows people to see where you are and who you are so that they can support you, so that they can rally around you, so that they can add, add a value to you. If they're under attack and they look over, you know, I've had a lot of people say, you know what, could you pray for me? And they don't want anything to do with the Lord. But they realize one day that they're in a battle. They don't even know why or what. They just know, man, I feel like I'm just being attacked by something all the time. There's just craziness going on. And they're like, could you pray for me? Why? Because they look over and they can see, you know, I'm not a soldier and I don't want to be in an army and I don't want to have a fight, but I'm getting attacked. But look, there's somebody that's got a helmet on. Maybe they can help me. And they know who to reach out to in their time of need. But it takes a public identification. That's why having just a private faith costs so much. It costs us the opportunity to actually engage the role that God's given us and to help others and for others to know where to get help. Also, if we see it, if we look over and we see somebody that's wearing the same thing, we really probably shouldn't shoot at them. We really probably shouldn't walk up behind them and whack them with the sword, which happens all the time in church. Happens all the time. We can see with this Asbury revival that was happening, you know, and, and going on in, in that college. The second it started happening, some people are posting, oh, it's amazing. And then other people are like, oh, it's probably not real. A bunch of hypocrites. It's totally fake. The second it starts to be, oh, maybe God's moving over there instead of, hey, let's see what's happening, man. Let's pray that it's real. Let's pray that people are getting touched. It's like, well, it can't be true. And somebody wants to come out and start whacking them with a sword. It's like, okay, hold on a minute. Do we really need to just start friendly fire shooting at each other? Maybe come alongside and see how we can help, encourage, or add value, right? So the helmet helps us to identify that way and to add this. So how do we put it on? Colossians 3, 1 through 3, is to actually put on this helmet. It says, since you have been raised with Christ, set your minds, which I put slash hearts, because depending on which translation you read, it's minds or hearts. Why? Because the Bible ties your mind and your heart like inseparably together. It's the same. That's why when you think about things, you feel like, man, this is like affecting my heart. If you get really stressed out in your mind, guess what happens to your heart? You're like a heart attack, right? People have heart attacks that are induced by stress or fear or something going on in their mind. There's a connection. When you feel things in your, in your heart, a lot of times you're thinking about, I'm thinking about this person. Now I feel this love, this connection. There's this intermixedness that God gives us, this connectedness between our heart and our mind. And it's really, it's talking about the same thing is to set your mind, set your affection, set your thoughts on things above. What is that doing? That's taking my mind and it's setting it on this, where Christ is seated, who's the one that brings salvation, at the right hand of God. So set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The word hidden means to be fully concealed, 
Okay, which is what, what is a helmet? The object of a helmet is to do. The object of a helmet is to conceal and cover and protect. Okay, so what it's saying is that when we set our mind, we set our thoughts, we set our heart on God, that he will then come and he will then cover our mind, protect our mind, identify us as in his army, as in his community, okay, which also has an impact spiritually. When you're up against spiritual activity, and there is, there's demonic activity, there's all types of things going on in the world. We don't need to be afraid of it because God is greater. But they can certainly look and see and go, oh, that person is marked. That person is saved. Job, it happened with him. The devil came to talk to God about Job, and he came up and he says, well, Job, you have a hedge built around him. The devil is fully aware of who is marked with salvation. And he knows, well, if I mess with over there, like they're protected by a pretty big king. If I go over there, they got a lot of authority. That's going to incur a lot, of, a lot of casualties, a lot of problems. He's able to see that when we identify ourselves with salvation, and to know that. And so it also adds a protection and identification that way, but it's to set our mind on it allows God to conceal and to, and to cover our mind with him. So here's some ways to actually put it on. This is some verses that I want us to think about. John 1.12 talks about that through Christ that we are children of God. Okay, so think about this. That's salvation. Through the work that he did on the cross, we're child of God. You ever feel attacked on just like your identity, like who you are, if you have any value, if you matter, if, if you're good enough or cool enough, or if you're going to make a difference, or if, if you're going to be provided for? Any of these kind of thoughts? Well, that's an attack coming at your mind, which if the devil can get your mind out of the game, right, then everything else goes with it. Okay, but if he's attacking your mind that way, and here it comes. Well, a helmet that would protect me from all that is, you know what, I do have value. I'm a child of God. I'm his child. God values me. God cares about me. Well, you're not going to be provided for. You're going to go broke. You're never going to be. I'm God's child. He's a good father. Why would he not take care of me? I feed my kids, and I'm not as good of a father as him. So why would I have that word? And so to put it on then protects me from these attacks coming at me, right? To put it on to know how is salvation working for me. Personal value. Ephesians talks about how we are actually God's masterpiece created in him for good works. So we're his masterpiece. Talk about value. Well, God accepted me. I just got in. Like I kind of slid under at the last second and I got in. I was like a last sign up into salvation. I guess I'm a part of the church. I can sit in the back row or I guess I'm a part of it. No, you're actually just his masterpiece. Like, he put his full heart and thought into making you, into developing you, into helping your personality and your thoughts and the way that you talk and the people that you interact with. And God's like, you know what? I'm gonna do something that's gonna show. What does an artist do? They make a masterpiece. They put it up and they go, wow, look at this. And when you see that, guess what you're gonna know? You're gonna know something about me because I made that, right? And you look at it and you go, wow, that's a Van Gogh. That's a Michelangelo. That's a... When you see it, you know by how it's made. Well, God's saying, you know what? I am actually proud enough of you, and I identify with you enough. I love you enough, and I care about you enough that, you know, I'm going to call you my masterpiece, which means that when people look at you, I want them to look at you and go, wow, that's one of God's. That's how he thinks of you. That's how he's working in you. He's not sitting up there hating on you, judging on you, thinking, oh, I wish I could throw this one away and start with a new piece of paper. He's looking at you and going, wow. Enough so that he wants you to be on public display. 
He wants you to be known. He wants you to be seen. Whether you feel like you have flaws or not, that's how God's looking at you, how he cares about you, about the person next to you. We're called by grace. Well, I'm not good enough. I keep failing. I keep messing up. The helmet of salvation is to put on and say, you know what? It's God's grace. His grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in weakness. I got up today and yesterday wasn't very good, but you know what? God's grace is on me. I can get up. His mercies are new every morning. I can move forward. Why? Because of salvation. Because of his death, his resurrection, his work on the cross. I know that I'm covered in grace. I'm putting on this helmet and protecting myself. Condemnation. There's now no condemnation, Romans 8 tells us. There's now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There's conviction. Conviction says, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Here's the right thing to do. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, convicts us of sin and of righteousness. It says, don't do that. Do this. Condemnation comes in and says, look at you. Look at that miserable, awful you. You're never going to get it right. It closes the door. It doesn't point you to do what's right. It just tells you that you'll never get it right. You might as well quit. But there's no condemnation. So you wake up and you start your day and say, I can never be good enough. I can never do it. I just... You can put on the helmet of salvation by putting on these scriptures and saying, you know what? No, I'm actually not just going to go to church on Sunday, but I'm going to put this on and I'm going to identify with this. and I'm going to believe, no, Lord, you said there's no condemnation, so I don't receive it. Christ died for me. He set me free from this. I don't have to be condemned. He loves me. We're a new creation. I'm too caught up in all my old ways, all my old things, all my old mistakes. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, everyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. To behold, the new has come. It's brand new. I'm a new person. I meet with people, I'm talking to them, and they're like, oh man, but I screwed up like two years ago. I met a guy on the beach yesterday. And he was in troubled life. He was going to get baptized the next Sunday morning. He shows up at church, at this church. He's going to get, this was in Galveston. We were just there. And he's going to get saved. He's going to get baptized. He's got it all planned out. He signed up. He's there to get baptized. He shows up and he's excited. He's got his towel. He's ready to go. And he finds one of the leaders. He says, when can I get baptized? Where do I go? Where, what room do I go in? And they said, oh, we're not doing that today. It's Super Bowl today. We're going to try to end early, so we canceled, and we're just going to push it off. He was so distraught because he was coming out of trouble and wanting to give his life to the Lord. He said, I literally just went home and bawled and bawled, and he never went back to church. This isn't their fault. This is decisions he made, but he ended up just continuing to spiral with the other direction. He's like, I'm not even wanted there, or whatever the case was. Ended up in jail, prison, spent some time in prison, found the Lord in prison, got baptized in prison instead. And that's where he found the Lord. So I was talking to him for a while. Well, do you know what? He's a new creation. Prison or no prison doesn't matter. He's a new creation. I was talking to him. I said, have you ever thought about, you ever thought about pastoring? So I felt like the Lord was talking to me about him pastoring. I said, you ever thought about pastoring? He's like, yeah. He's like, I really think I'm supposed to be a pastor. I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, okay. I said, where do you live? I said, pastor a church in Round Rock, and we help other churches get started. He's like, yeah, that's where I live. <laughs> so we're down in Galveston, and God's making a connection for this guy, and he lives right here, not right by the church. So we traded numbers and stuff, and we'll see where it goes. But in God's eyes, he's not a convict, an ex-convict. He's a new creation. But he's got to put it on. I know other guys that have come out of stuff, and they just won't put it on. They just want to keep on living in the old. They don't want to put it on. You got to put it on. You got to wear it. Forgiven, cleansed. God's the author and the finisher. I don't know if I can ever get this finished. I don't know if this will ever change. I put on him. He's the author and the finisher. He literally hung on the cross and he's hanging there and all these things are happening and he says, it is finished. What's finished? His work's finished. 
He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the coming of Christ. He's already done it. He's finished it. You just have to stay the course. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. In due time, you'll reap if you don't lose heart. But I can claim that in salvation, and I can put that on and say, no, Christ paid for this. He died for this. It's available. Never abandoned. Romans talks about that, that we can be never separated from the love of God. I always feel, man, i got abandonment issues. I always feel afraid God's going to leave me. I, I don't know if he's really going to uh, stick with me through this. Everybody else has left me. Well, to put on the helmet of salvation is to say, you know, I'm receiving this in faith, and I believe that he is with me, and he's not going to leave me. I'm going to walk this out. And you have to actually put it on. Not just look at it on the shelf or see how good it looks on somebody else's head. You have to make the choice. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to wear this. It's a willful choice to do. We can have grace in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 tells us that. It tells us that we can go to him before his throne and we can receive grace in time of need. Well, think about that. If you're a soldier and I can put on my helmet, if I go show up at the supply depot and this is where all the supplies are at and I show up, if I show up without a helmet and I just walk in and say, hey, give me a couple swords, I need a spear, give me that, they're going to be like, nah, no, uh, that's for our soldiers. But when you go in with the helmet on and you say, hey, well, I need some more stuff, they're going to load you up with what you need, right? Because they know that you're identified with that army. If you're in sports, you know, if you play on a sports team and you go walk over and you're like, hey, I need, I need, some, new, I need some new tape, I need this, I need that, I need some more Gatorade, and they're like, uh, get, get back up in the stands, what are you doing down here? But if you go down and you got the uniform on and the pads and the helmet, and you're like, hey, I need some water. I'm not, they're going to be rushing Gatorade over to you, squirting it in your mouth, getting you the tape you need. Why? Because you're part of the team. Okay, so it's important to identify yourself as, Lord, I'm identifying with your salvation. And when you do, now you suddenly have access to things, not because you've earned them, but just because you've identified with what was already done for you. But I can go over and receive this. Free from accusation, Revelations 12, 10 through 11. says that the accuser stands before the throne. He accuses day and night. He's always accusing us. Talking about the devil. He's just accusing, accusing, accusing. But then it says they overcome by the blood of the lamb. What is that? Salvation. And by the word of their testimony, which is really putting it on. I'm going to speak about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to, when you see me, you're going to see it. I'm putting it on. And that that is actually how you overcome accusation. That's how you overcome the devil. To put it on. Okay, so I'm going to end on this first, first Thessalonians 5, 6 through 8. And the question is, when's the best time to put it on? You put it on by knowing God's word and then embracing it, saying, I'm putting this on, I'm wearing it. I'm going to speak about it, talk about it, live it, I'm putting this on. The benefits of salvation and what salvation is. But when should you put it on? If you know you're in a battle, if I woke up this morning, I know, okay, when I walk out of my door, I'm in a battle. When's the best time to put my helmet on? Before I even walk out the door, right? Let's put it on. But what if, well, I don't really always like to do that, nor do I always have the time to do that. I know people are shooting out there, and I know there's swords going. I know there's stuff happening. But, you know, I'm just going to take it with me, and if I get shot at, I'll put it on. If I see a sword flying at my face, I'm going to put it on. Last minute, last second. That's what a lot of us do. I'll read the word if I get a minute. I'll pray if I get a minute. I'll think about it if I get a second. Oh, if I get in a real battle, I'll pull up a couple scriptures. But you're already getting whacked in the head. By the time you pull the verse out, you've already lost the ear. David said that he got up early in the morning. He meditated on God's word in the morning and in the night. So I just challenge you, take some time. First thing, before you go out into the battle, take five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I already know I'm in a battle. You told me that. I'm putting it on. 
I'm putting on salvation. I'm a child of God. I'm your masterpiece. You love me. I'm putting these things on right now before I even go out the door so that once I get shot at, I'm already covered. I'm already protected. I've already thought about this. I've already meditated on it. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just pray for everybody here, God, that you give them just a heart for your word and a desire, Lord, to really reflect on, think on, and to put on this helmet of salvation, Lord, that cost you your life to give us. This is the one, Lord, that actually you had to die for. So, Lord, it's so valuable. I pray that we wouldn't take it for granted. But, Lord, encourage us, God, to wake up in the morning and remember what you did, remember that you died, to put it on, to think about it, to prepare ourselves for the day, and to walk out of our doors, Lord, both in the protection and identification of your cross and of your love. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.